This is the American Military Brit. Shedding light on the realities of military life. Now, here's your host, U.S. Air Force Staff Sergeant Christopher Clark. Hello and welcome to the American Military Brit podcast. This is a podcast where we talk to different military members to figure out the full story about the military. Not just the rumors, but the actual story from those who were there and took part in military service. Hello, welcome to the American Military Brit podcast. So for the podcast today, we've got a special guest. Um, This this guy, yeah, I worked with him back in my days in good old Missouri, um, back in those, <laughs> the fantastic days. So I'm sure we'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, Sean, if you just want to kind of go into who you are, tell the audience who you are and what you do and stuff, stuff like that. Yes. So my name is Sean. Uh, last name is Peachin. I'm an intel analyst with the United States Air Force, and I've been doing this job for almost 18 years. 18 years, geez, yeah, so. Been around. Yeah, and um, like, I guess you're at Nellis right now, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you've done some work in like the weapons school and stuff like that, so obviously we had Grant on the podcast who spoke about that a little bit, but uh, like, what are you doing right now? Is uh, Obviously don't go into like the classified stuff, but <laughs> right. you, know, you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah, so I basically just uh, look at like, airplanes and equipment and stuff that's coming down for the U.S. And I, we kind of test those um, operationally to make sure they function correct. And then we will generate like, you know, some scenarios or something that's like based on whatever, you know, whatever we're kind of looking at, whatever the national defense strategy is telling us to do. And then we'll test those against uh, those problem sets just to see how they work. And Hmm. if we need to, I don't know, you know, make some adjustments or whatever, but usually by that time, it's like, hey, this is what you get. Like, how's it working? And then we develop like tactics and stuff with them. All right. So basic training in tech school. I... I don't know. With with you, I just get a feeling that you had a very interesting basic training and tech school experience. <laughs> You're painting just, with a broad brush there. I yeah, understand. yeah. I'm just, no, because I just I just think like, did you? I don't know. Did you get in? I, I feel like you may have no, not like answered back to the MTI, but like I don't know. I just feel like you had an interesting <laughs> experience. But just kind of like tell us about that because when, when did you go? You said you've been in eighteen. Yeah. Years, so right? my basic training, I showed up to basic training San Antonio, February. 5th, 2005, as a member of the 324th Training Squadron, Flight 180, if you can still remember that. Yeah, Uh, it's ingrained in your head. (laughs) And yeah, so needless to say, you know, I went from a position of like kind of doing my own thing, uh, going, like I said, going to these parties at the university, delivering my pizza, staying Mm -hmm. at my hotel, you know, doing whatever it is I do. And then I, you know, I jump on this limb to do the Air Force and I show up the basic training and like... (laughs) You know, the first night we get there, it's like, oh, this is great. You know, these guys are actually pretty nice. I was like, I thought these guys are supposed to be mean. I was like, they were pretty, (laughs) I mean, they were pretty, well, you know, I was like, they're pretty rude, you know, like kind of initially, but like once you get in there, they're like, oh, hey, you know, like we'll get you taken care of. Just come through the line. Right. You know, they're kind of mean to you when you first get off the bus, you know, put your stuff down. Then you like drop it and they're like, now pick it up, put it Mm. down, you know, like trying to get you to set it down Mm. and graining that kind of early kind of breaking you down thing. And, but then, you know, after that that night Hmm. 
they were pretty nice. We got in our room and they're like, yeah, your guy will be in tomorrow. We're going to let you sleep in a little bit because we got in at like 2 like two a.m. It was ridiculous time. Oh, yeah. Uh, delays and stuff. You know, obviously being February and the weather and some parts being not Ooh, so great. And uh, yeah. so then the next morning, uh, the door, you know, the guy comes in the door at 10 o'clock and this guy is a psychopath. <laughs> like this guy is a murderer. Yeah. So like he comes through the door and he just starts smashing these wall lockers, these like metal wall lockers where you're going to put all your stuff. And this guy is just yelling at everybody to get up. I mean, you think the building's on fire the way this guy's carrying on. Mm-hmm. So anyways, this guy, he's losing his mind, right? And he like, he's waking everybody up. We all do these things. And I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> It, I was just like, this This is where I've made a terrible life decision. <laughs> because this guy, he's like yelling at me. Uh, and obviously at the time, so like at the time when I get there, you know, I'm smoking cigarettes. And like then yeah. now all of a sudden they're like, hey, you can't smoke anymore. And I'm like, oh, right. wow, lovely. Yep. Uh, I was like, I bet I'm going to have some withdrawals and stuff. So, yeah, needless to say, not having a guy telling me what to do. You know, you would think that having my dad, uh, you know, them being in the Air Force and being NCOs, that I'd be used to, like, the structure Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And to a degree, I kind of was. But I think ultimately what, like, really was crazy is, you know, just, like, it happens so fast. And when you have, Mm -hmm. like, that two or three years where you're just used to being on your own, you're not answering really to anybody, doing your own thing, you know, you want to stay at home, you know, know, uh, drink a little or do whatever, you know, you do whatever you want and then you get there and this guy is just like this guy is yeah, <laughs> like you up. he's yeah. lighting everybody up mm-hmm. just yelling at everybody he's teaching us to fold beds i made the mistake of wearing an orange t-shirt because as you know i'm a tennessee tennessee volunteers guy and right. yeah so they get this bright orange color and so i'm wearing i'm an idiot i wear this shirt down there and this guy he looks at me and we're try- we're learning first day how to fold hospital corners for our bed mm-hmm. this guy looks over at me and he's i messed up so many times because i don't make i don't make my bed <laughs> i like get up out of my bed still to this day i get up out of my bed i leave my bed unmade yeah and people are like oh, you know like talk about that guy with special forces commander he's like first thing you need to do every day is make your bed nah right. that's crap i'm not gonna make my bed i'm gonna get up i'm gonna get a shower do that but anyways this guy he's yelling at me because i'm messing up this hospital corner and he, he literally looked over at me. He's like, if you screw this up one more time, I'm literally going to punch the orange out of your T-shirt. And I was like, what? It's like, you can't punch me, right? 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 You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. you can't do that. They said. Uh, so, yeah, needless to say, I had some kind of skirmishes like that with the TI. Um, there was another time where I had my portfolio. It was portfolio at the time. It was a black folder. Mm. Uh, I had all of our papers and some folders in there. I had to bring them to the class or whatever. So everywhere you walk, you got your portfolio. You got your reflective belt and your Lackland laser, as we call them, as I'm sure you still had the flashlight <laughs> with the cone. So when you're marching, you'll get run over by crazy people. Right. And anyways, I move or I do something at the position of attention while we're waiting to get our uniforms the first time. And this guy calls me over and I'm not having it because I'm upset. Like mm-hmm. I'm having a nicotine withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he's just like busting my chops like days on days. And like finally he's like, put your portfolio down. I literally held it up to my face level and just dropped it onto <laughs> the tarmac. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he was feeling after that, but he definitely told me he he picked up he picked up my portfolio and literally threw it like a frisbee down the down the pad, you know, the PT pad or whatever. Yeah, threw it down yeah, and yeah. told me to go yeah. pick it up. And he told me if he he literally leaned into my face and he's like, "I just want you to know that I want to punch 
the holy living crap out of you right now. He's like, I I just want to beat the life out of you. And I was just like, all this because I moved to the position of attention. Like, wow. So anyways, that was like kind of the stuff I I had to go through. Then we had a dorm chief. You remember the dorm chiefs? Oh, yes, I do. Uh, Because of my job, you know, we always had to, we had to leave. So because you had your clearance, you had to go fill out your your security questionnaire. And so one day, you know, they pull me in the lake, you know, you got to get your clearance. You got to go fill out this questionnaire. And I was like, oh, sweet. I was like, I'm not going to get yelled at by this guy. Mm. So I'm going to go down, fill this out. Anyways, I come back and I'm like trying to be a team player, right? I'm like, I just want to help out. And the dorm chief, he's the only one there. The TI is gone for the day or gone for lunch or had a medical appointment. I don't know. He's gone for a while. Anyways, Mm. this guy comes back and he's... uh, I'm, ta- I'm talking to the dorm chief and I'm like trying to figure out what to do and he's like just hold on a minute and like I uh, I think it was like 10 minutes or something goes by and then I like go back and I'm like hey man like what do you want me to do like I want to I don't want to just sit around and do nothing this guy gives me this real stupid answer largely because he's you know probably under a lot of stress because he's the dorm chief and if something mm-hmm. bad happens he's going to get chewed out yep, anyways <laughs> <laughs> anyways finally I had enough of this guy and I told him exactly what I thought and just lit him up, swear words, whole nine. Mm. And then this guy, the TI comes back, pulls me in the office. He's like yelling at me and I got to like defend myself, like, you know, legal. I'm like, hey, this guy, he's being a jerk. I'm just trying to figure out what he wants me to do. And he's, you know, yelling at me. He's on a power trip and I had a witness even. I was mm. like, this guy saw it. He saw this guy was just a crazy person and wouldn't tell me what to do. So that was like, ugh, that was interesting. Um, and then, yeah, let's... Uh touch on tech school as well was like tech school because i know we we had a couple of people underage who like drank when they shouldn't have and mm. we had all kinds of you know where you had to line up outside everyone winds up outside in their blues <laughs> and <laughs> on the weekend we had all that stuff going on so yeah. i don't know like uh, how was your tech school experience so tech school is one of those where you get in there and you're like oh man things are finally calming down a little bit you know mm-hmm. they're kind of like right. they're still asserting themselves a little bit but it's not nearly as bad and, um, you know, the first time you had your different phases, uh, and the different phases last different amounts of time, depending on how long your tech school was. But our school is like five, six months. So, you know, you're spending a couple of weeks on, on phase. So the first night I get out there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down to this place. It's called Graham's. Um, yeah, the club, Grant, right? Yeah, the club. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to mm. go down there and break phase. And I'm just going to go down there and like, I'm going to go down there and check it out, man, because I haven't seen civilization. Yeah. And I get so, in there and, bro, I'm so nervous. I was like, dude, I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get in so much trouble. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So then I went back and I played by the rules. Didn't go back out again until I was up phase. Then I happened to hit my 21st birthday uh, pretty quick when I got mm-hmm. down there-ish, mm-hmm. like halfway, like right when I kind of got to phase, I hit 21 and it started. Mm. I we were just we would rush home from night shift like change our clothes as quick as we could, drive down to a place that was called Bailey's. Was it no, Jersey was not Jersey's Bailey's. Was it? it was a sports bar. I can't remember the name of it. I got the yeah. T-shirt, but we go, yeah, we go down to this sports bar. It's since closed. Um, mm-hmm. It was closed uh, when I was talking to some other people. We went down there and we would just smash. We would just smash through um, drinks, and then we and then we would have a DD every night. It'd be a DD, and then we would drive back to the installation and we'd come through. I mean, there were nights I could never remember. You know, I can remember. A, ton of nights we had a guy on my team uh, in my class named johnson and this guy he's like this guy's like six six he's huge he's probably he's like as tall as you right. but he was a little he was he was like a little more bulky than you probably a little bit uh, right. not much but um he like i remember so many times this guy he's picking me up 
and like carry me up the stairs because I'm just wasted. One th one thing that's good about having Sean here is that we can talk more in depth about Missouri because I know in my intro podcast I mentioned how bad Missouri was and uh, I'm sure people want to know probably a little more but uh, we won't go there necessarily straight away but uh, just kind of tell us Sean about because where where were you at before Missouri like wh what was your first base after tech school <laughs> so oddly enough my first base was Nellis oh it was <laughs> so, okay yeah. Yeah. so originally I had orders to go to Creech uh, where they had mm. all the, like, you know, the RPAs or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, then I got redirected to Nellis, was part of the 547th, which was kind of like a nice place for intro-level analysts and everything, kind of learning the, the skills. Mm. And so I did that. I deployed one time, 2007, um, back when things were, like, bad mm. uh, in the Middle East, and then came back. Uh, and then eventually went over to the weapons school to work in like a small enlisted team they have there. Right. And then I was like, I got to get out of here. So then I went to, uh, that's when I, PC I got a, uh, what was it? PCS to Scott Air Force Base. Mm. I worked at uh, Transportation Command. So yeah, talk about a riveting job, but I was yeah, uh, right. Transportation <laughs> Command. I was on the watch there. So like I was in, uh, instrumental in like the... Uh, Marisk, Alabama, if you remember the Captain Phillips hijacking. Oh, um, right, right, right. So yeah. I was there when that was happening, stuff like that. So then I was there for three years, did some cool, really cool jobs, were some amazing people. Hmm. Um, but it was, like, very different uh, than, like, the fighter squadron that I was used to. And I was like, this, everybody, there's generals all over the place. Everybody's, like, got a weird attitude. Very like you know. Oh, well, don't say that. That's <laughs> offensive. And I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> so, uh, and then finally, I was like, "Okay, I gotta get out of here." I was like, "I gotta go back to the real operational air force." So then I went to Missouri hey. to Whiteman, yep. and then uh, I was there for a couple years before you showed up. And mm -hmm. then I had the uh, the awesome privilege of uh, was I your supervisor at one point, supervising Airman Clark at the time. So. Yes, <laughs> yes. So. Funny story. Let's let's talk about when I I first get to Missouri. Right, I remember I got there and um, I think it was the next day we went bowling. You remember when the targets guys <laughs> dressed up as spice the Spice Girls, right? Oh yeah. And, was that uh, was that was uh, was uh, Magic there? Was he Magic the? was there oh, at the time? We yes. were so. <laughs> Like that yeah. was trouble. Let me just let me just say this though. Like when I show, I remember showing up, and the first time I meet this guy, right, he's wearing a Manchester United shirt, and I was thinking, <laughs> oh gosh, because I despise Man U more than like any team in the world, apart from you know being a Newcastle fan. Of course, I despise Sunderland because that's our local rivals, but Manchester United, I cannot stand them. And this guy's wearing a Man U shirt, but I'm thinking, okay, he likes the Premier League at least, so he likes English football. Yeah. So so we'll get we'll get along here, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, was, uh, yeah. I was, was like a real I was like a real British person. I was yeah. like, oh wow. Yeah, but it was a it was a good time, man. But uh, obviously, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into because Missouri, like Missouri, right? So I'll say this: we had some we had some good people, like some hard workers, some smart people, yep. and whatnot, but. We had also just a lot of people that would just that just made it a very bad experience. <laughs> I will say, and obviously, I mentioned this a little bit about a uh, a certain major who was the worst person I've ever met in my entire life. He was um, big words. I mean, li <laughs> listen, right? We 
and even the guy before him wasn't wasn't great. But no, we won't we won't idiot. we won't talk about names here. But uh, this you know this guy yeah we got a lot of good work done, but he just wasn't he wasn't the friendliest, and he certainly would you know make us i had to stay late multiple times mm. and like as an airman you're just thinking what am i do? like i don't want to do this <laughs> i want to go have fun and just relax and stuff right. So, right but like just i'm interested like what was your take on missouri like how was your experience because mine is just basically all negative well <laughs> yeah i mean so like you know i think it was a di- little bit different for me because like <laughs> I'll never, it's really hard to put into words. So like, it's tough because I talked to a lot of people after the fact because they're mm-hmm. like, man, like that was a terrible experience. Right. And like, you know, they're like, you're a ter- you're a tough person to work with. And it's like, you don't understand, bro. <laughs> I was like, same individual that's like, you know, driving you guys to stay late and do all these things. I was yeah. like, he's like, you know, he's really driving me hard. So oh, like, yeah. you know, you think you guys got it rough. I was like, I mean, there's a number of times you get pulled in the office and it's like, hey man, like your team, this team isn't up to snuff. We're not getting done what we need to do. And I was, and I remember a specific incident where they were like, hey man, this guy, you know, you're the NCIC at targets and you're the same, you're the same uh, rank as this guy, but we need you to give this guy an LOC. And I was like, no way. Mm. I was like, I'm not doing this. I was like, I'm the same rank as the guy, and he's my friend. I was like, I'm not doing that. And they're like, well, we'll just fire you and find somebody else who can. And I was like, <laughs> well. <laughs> I was like, that's a good, you know, that's, uh, well, when you put it like that. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people saw what they saw from their perspective, but they didn't necessarily understand what was going on behind the scenes. So, like, everybody's like, oh, this guy's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm just like, dude, it's like, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting my chops busted real hard by this guy, even harder than you guys. And it's like, hey, I just need you to stay late to do this thing. And it's like, why why am I staying late to do this thing? It's like, because if you don't stay late to do this thing, I'm going to get crushed. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, so it was tough for us. But at the same point, like like you said, it was one of those situations where we got a lot of work done. And uh, Mm -hmm. the work that we did was incredible. Uh, The work that we did was incredible. Uh, even looking back and kind of having interactions with the with the group who kind of runs the place now, you know they're not even anywhere near um, how good that we were doing the job. So we were doing the job at a real high level, making a lot of great connections, um, a lot of great connections. A lot, I, that was when I finally got picked up to go to the weapons school. Mm-hmm. I won a bunch of awards and stuff because the, the the philosophy was from this guy is if you buy in to the to the program and you do what I want you to do. I'll take care of you and I'll, I'll give you what you want. So I bought in cause I was like, dude, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to get to be a master sergeant and you know, my first time. And you know, obviously there's a whole lot of things that got in the way of that happening. Um, but at the same point, like, you know, at the time I was on a trajectory that was like, you know, I graduated weapons school. I'm one of the first guys ever to graduate weapons school. Then I come back to Whiteman. I'm doing the job. Uh, we're, we're changing things. I'm going TDY. I'm winning awards. They're talking about like OTS. I mean, I'm just getting, Mm -hmm. I'm just getting everything. And, um, and then finally it just got to the point where he left. And when he left, um, you know, it was one of those situations where he was not liked by the people below him necessarily. And he definitely wasn't necessarily liked by the people above him. Mm -hmm. Uh, so anybody who was associated with his inner circle after that just got crushed. Um, so, you know, uh, so the, from the work perspective, it was not fun. Um, I remember I left there, uh, with a really low, uh, really low morale, really low. I got like a really 
like I got an achievement medal mm. and like usually, you know, for NCOs, it's like going to be a accommodation and they gave me an achievement medal after all the <laughs> things that, that we had done. Mm. And it was just a direct shot from the leadership cause they did not like that guy. All right. And so it was rough, uh, from a work perspective, but it was still rewarding at the end of the day. I mean, and you know, I won, you know, uh, awards at like the global strike level at the time, which mm-hmm. was a big deal and winning awards for the base or dang near winning awards for the base. And so, I mean, uh, for like NCO of the year and stuff like that. So like, it was definitely rewarding if you put in the work, but it was really stressful and was really hard, um, f- mentally to get through that. Okay. So let's talk about deployments. So you went to, well, you're, one of those strange people that calls Qatar Qatar, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that. But uh, I thought that was a British thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I have I have actually heard it in England before. I think I have heard English people, people like, call that. Oh, are you going down to Qatar? <laughs> oh, gosh, but yeah. Um, what was uh, so? What was your what was your first deployment that you did? Uh, yeah. So the first one was 07. Uh, I originally was supposed to go to Iraq, like, and live mm. at Balad, mm-hmm. um, but they did away with my job, or like my job was being run by like a senior master sergeant at the time, and I was like a dopey airman. But I don't I think mm. the senior was in the guard or something. Regardless, I ended up getting uh, held at Cutter um, at the time, and I got uh, I was with the special operations or whatever, and they were like, "Ah, oh, yeah." You, you're going to live here, but, you know, just be prepared to travel around a lot. So mm. we did that, the first one. Uh, so that was six months. Uh, that one I missed. That was my first one. My wife at the time was pregnant with our son, so I missed him being born mm. uh, for that one. And then I came back home. So there's kind of a two things. So like you could be like a six on, six off for some of the intel people, depending on the job. Right. And then other people could be longer. Um, I was not as on and off because my son like i said he had um he had a heart issue like shortly after he was born so like as soon as i got back um i came back actually like a week early because he had like a medical emergency um but anyways i then i go to um the second one i got like this long period because when i was at this at the transportation command job we didn't deploy anywhere so like you're on a code 50 you couldn't go anywhere that's good you were stuck there and i was like yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) and then uh 2012 2013 at whiteman Mm -hmm. um i go to uh i go to cutter again but this time i'm like kind of more an air force job right. so i was a boring air force job uh working with the you know just kind of like the wing out there doing some intel stuff more like data compilation um the war at the time was like the Af- afghanistan at the time was really calm for the most part i mean we had some fighting that was going on but it wasn't like anything crazy and then iraq was like kind of that one was like kind of wrapping up so we were kind of wrapping up with that one um, and looking more at like, you know, Afghanistan. So that one was, mm. that one was a little bit longer. That was about seven months. So as you know, like the thing, the Air Force is like, if you're at a place over 180 days, that's kind of, that's a, that counts as a short tour, or at least it used to at the time. So you, I was there for 192 days, but literally like two weeks before I'm leaving, right? They come out with guidance to say, hey man, um, I know that you're out here 192 days, but this doesn't count as a short tour. So I was like, are you kidding me? And they're like, yeah. So then now I'm coming back and popped for Korea, like, you know, 69 times. They're like trying to get me to go to Korea. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to Korea. So like, I got wife and kids. I'm not going to Korea by myself. Uh, so, um, you know, so that was kind of an interesting thing. But yeah, the second one, the second deployment was not very rewarding. Uh, it was a pretty boring job. Uh, the people 
I mean, the people were pretty cool. Most of the people were pretty cool. I'll tell you, that was like the most jacked I probably ever was in my life when I left there because all I did was play. I would go to the gym, uh, eat, go back to my little dorm place. The guy who I roomed with was like a maintainer who was gone during the day. Yeah. I worked nights. Sweet. So then I would just play some StarCraft on the computer. So I'd like watch professional StarCraft players and I'd like learn how to do their strats. And then I would go play like online StarCraft mm. and like do that for like four hours what and then go to bed. Yeah. What a <laughs> geek, right? What a stupid geek. <laughs> I would just do that all day. And then like rinse and repeat like every day. And then yeah. some days you'd go downtown and get to interact with the culture and eat the food, which was terrible. Yep. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for those who don't know, like deployments, man, that's pretty much all they are. You just, you know, Eat, sleep, repeat. Eat, sleep, <laughs> repeat. <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as like being in a fob out in like Afghanistan, getting shelled by like the Taliban all day. Right. I want to ask you about why you're still in, but I'm assuming. I mean, you're 18 years in, right? So mm. I'm guessing you're just going for the 20, and then you'll be done pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> man. 20, uh, 20 years day one uh, will be my retirement ceremony, like the day, the anniversary of. So like. I'm pretty sure the rule says that you can drop your papers like a year out mm -hmm. and then set it for, so like 19 years, like hour zero, I'm going to be pushing that application. And then, uh, yeah, 20, 20 years to the day I will be, well, actually it can't be to the day that I signed. It'll be actually February 12th because come to find out when you're incarcerated, those days don't count. <laughs> so, it, so my days got bumped to the 12th. Uh, so February 12th, 2025 uh done yeah, yeah done. i'm gonna go be a real a real person again and try to get paid <laughs> some okay. money so nice wait you were incarcerated uh yeah so just for a week you know how yeah. one of those one of the things you get you know in trouble for like you know getting a fight downtown or you mm -hmm. know some people get duis mine was like a a scuffle if you will oh, okay uh so yeah but then like the problem was is when i went they, they were like, "Hey, man. Um, so there was like this disease outbreak in this other this other jail, uh, and they like somehow infected the courtroom where the hearings are. Because you you gotta have like when you're arrested, you gotta like go up in front of the judge, and he's gotta tell you like, okay, you can go. Yeah. And then they turn you over. It's like you know for roughhousing or whatever. And uh, you know why stop drinking? <laughs> and uh, then, okay. And then um, yeah. So then I get down there, and um, he's like, hey, yeah, you know it's delayed." Because they got to, like, clean this place out. Mm. Disease or whatever is just disgusting. So they got to clean this place out. So they're, so I was there for four days. Mm. And I was like, holy cow, if I would have known it would have been this long, I would have just called a bail bondsman or whatever and, mm. like, got out. But, like, you know, there's uh, every day was like, oh, we don't know when. So, like, it got, like, four days or something got tacked on. So now, like, my new day is, like, the 12th of February instead of the 5th of February. So you don't get paid for those days either. Mm. It's, like, paid. It's, like, suspension without pay. And it sucks. So then I go, I get my stuff back. I'm allowed to go back and do my job. So like the first part is gone. You know, they throw the book at me or whatever and um, make an example out of me. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so, you know, they're like, that was the time they're like, hey, you're demoted. I was like, okay, whatever. And they're like, uh, just go back and do your job. Um, so I went back, did my job. And so after that uh, was when the, when the COVID came to America right. and that's when they were like, Hey man, um, we're going to shut down. We're going to, uh, some of these people at flag, uh, are going to leave early. Uh, and we need you to go home and don't come back until we tell you. And I was like, well, why? And they're like, okay. we're shutting, we're shutting down because of COVID. And I was right. like, really? And they're like, yeah. So they're like, just stand by 
and go. So that was when we entered like pretty much like three months of just like hanging out at our house all day. Couldn't yeah. go anywhere. Arm played video out. games. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty hard to be an Intel analyst when you're at home. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. So yeah. So that was that was it. That was pretty much that time. And yeah. So since then, I've just decided I'm just gonna continue to do it because I love what I do. Right. I mean, I like my job. Fair. Fair. And so I'll just continue to do my job and then, you know, whatever happens, you know, whatever rank I make or whatever is fine. And then when I get to, uh, when I get to, um, 20 years, I'll punch out, I'll take the money and, mm. you know, it's just probably a pretty nice car payment mm. and then, uh, and then medical insurance for life or whatever. And for a super cheap rate, which is the more important thing I think is mm. just getting that medical coverage. So right. may as well stay and do it. Yeah. So like... As far as do you have any like solid plans for when you leave? Have you thought about that? Uh, yeah, really it's yet? coming up. It's coming up pretty quick. I think um, I'm just gonna kind of. I've always viewed the military as kind of like the minor leagues of like, especially for like analysts and stuff. I've always viewed mm-hmm. it as like, you know, you look at some sports, some types of sports like baseball, or even if you look at like, for example, like pro wrestling or something. Mm-hmm. You look at these guys, and you know they're like on the indies or whatever for like 20 years, and then they show up big time you know, uh, doing like a, you know, WrestleMania or playing, you know, this guy spends like five years in the minors. He gets called up to play for the, you know, get a shot to play for the twins or something. So like, uh, I've always viewed the military as like, Hey, this is where I'm going to go get my, you know, my bona fides, if you will, get my, you know, my credentials, my credibility, my education and build all of these tools. So that way when I'm 40 years old, I'm done and I'm ready to move on to a new career. It's like, I've got all these things that the military has given me and now I can apply these to a job and get paid like, you know, like double, triple, whatever you're making now. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure that if I put my name out there, you know, if I was to retire tomorrow or something, so, you know, kind of floating around early separation for some people. And so I'm pretty sure if they came to me and was like, hey, you want to retire? I'd be like, yeah. And then I'd probably have a job, you know, a couple of weeks after that, just because of the credentials and the credibility and the stuff, you know, my, my experience and all those types of things that I can bring to the table. And it's like not overly worried about it. So I'm sure as we get closer, we'll start to entertain offers and different jobs. And when we get there, we'll get there. All right. Awesome, man. But uh, yeah, just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. That was uh, great stories that you told there. So <laughs> No, uh, thanks yeah. for having me on. Glad yeah. to see that you're uh, here, you know, taking advantage of uh, mm. the benefits and everything and uh, having a podcast. So thanks for letting me come on and feel like I'm a podcast celebrity like Joe Rogan. Yeah, right. Well, not quite <laughs> on that level. I mean, definitely don't have that viewership. But uh, no, I appreciate it. Thanks, man, for coming on. Yeah, for on. sure. Yeah.